Uh, all right, let's get to some stock up and stock down for this game. Stock up should is if we're only keeping it to Texans, the stock up part of this shouldn't take too too long, John. Um, but we do four stock up, four stock down after each game. John, you are up first. The honor is yours, Your Honor. Uh, Cam stock Johnson, up. stock up. Cam Johnson, the punter, and I'm not joking. Cam Johnson, his he punted seven times, and he averaged. 50 yards per putt. His net was 46.9. He put two inside the 20. Mm -hmm. And if every player played as well as Cam Johnston, the Texans be undefeated. Yep. No, he's, uh, he's, he's been very, very solid. Um, John, my first stock up, I'm going to go with Malik Collins, who had a couple of sacks in this game. You know, he was, he had the, I believe the sack that eventually got, uh, Tua Tungavailoa taken out of the game. He also had a sack where it looked like two his knees or two his legs were going to get ripped from his torso. Um, I think that one was in the first half. If I'm not, that might have been early in the second. It was half, right but. at the end of the. It was at the end, and they and everybody said pull him right now. They yeah, need to leave him in the game. Yep, yep, yep. So so Malik Collins, but Malik Collins actually flashed, which is more than you can say about most of the guys that they have in this front seven. So um, solid game for him. Three tackles for loss, two sacks. Uh, Malik Collins gets a stock up from the Pendergast portion of this podcast. They also played the run game great. This was the best job they've done against the run. Gave up 20, 26 carries, 66 yards. That's 2.6, I believe. So the run defense was really good. And uh, and Malik Collins, he also had three tackles for loss. Yep, he sure did. All right, what's your next stock up, John? Uh, let's see, stock up, stock up. How about, um, let's see. Hmm. Uh, oh, I got a good one. Okay. Uh, you only need uh, one, John, just one more. You can do it. Jermon Smith averaged 21.5 yards on punt returns. Ooh. Desmond King averaged 12.7. That was then they returned like four or five. It didn't do him any good but it was the best punt return average they've had all season. How about that? That's uh, John, you know what, in a, in a day that was terrible, that's uh that, that's, that's a good one. All right. Um, last one here, stock up. Uh, I would love to give one to Jordan Akins for that touchdown, but he also had the fumble. Um, give it to him anyway. He, right. That was such a great run. I was going to give it to Daria Gumbawale for getting in the end zone and for passing Rex Burkhead <laughs> on the depth chart. Can I do that? Sure, you okay. do you want. Okay, I'm going to do that. Daria Gumbawale got a touchdown. He's apparently ahead of Rex Burkhead on the depth chart, and um, thus ends the stock-up portion of this podcast. You know, and, it confused the heck out of the Dolphins to see Daria Gumbawale get the first carry of the game. Oh, yeah. No, they, they really they – really, yes. old Pep, you got to wake up pretty early in the morning to uh, to beat old Pepper there. Uh, yeah, unbelievable. All right, John, stock down. This is the part of the podcast we've been waiting to get to, and this is what the people want. They want, they want to know who we are destroying over this atrocity of a game today. Uh, I'm destroying the offensive line. The run blocking has been horrendous. Uh, Damian Pierce, five carries, eight yards, one point six average. He can't find any room anywhere. These last two games, they're getting destroyed. Now, of the five sacks, one of them was Pierce's fault because he got just abused. Mm -hmm. But four of them were their fault. That's 10 sacks in two weeks. 
So the offensive line, which showed a lot of promise through the Giants game because they ran the ball really well, and then all of a sudden they've gone up against great defensive lines and showed they ain't ready for prime time. They were horrendous. Yep. Um, John, I'm going to go stock down. I, technically, I'm going to give it to MJ Stewart, but I'm going to throw the rest of the defense in there. When they were down 30 to nothing, it might have been 30 to six at the time. I don't remember. But Skylar Thompson had that fumbled snap that MJ Stewart fell on and got the turnover. And they started running down to the end zone with all his buddies to go celebrate this fumble recovery, this gift of a turnover that the Dolphins basically handed them. Texans didn't even really force it, it was an unforced error. And they started running down to the end zone to do some sort of celebration. Can I just say that if you are trailing in a game by, I'll say, more than a touchdown, if you're trailing, no, you know what, I'll even give a little cushion, double digits. If you are not within single digits of your opponent, if you go, if you do a choreographed celebration, you should be subject to at least a 15-yard penalty, if not ejection from the game, for stupidity. Uh, so I didn't like that. I, I these, these guys that are celebrating while they're trailing 30-6, to six, give me more Jerry Hughes. You see Jerry Hughes, John, kicking That's over that? It. You see that? Uh, give me more of that. Celebrating after falling on a fumble from a rookie quarterback. Get the hell out of here, MJ Stewart. Get out of here. So that's that's a stock down for me. The Texans' lack of self-awareness on defense. Well, they have so little to celebrate. You might cut them some slack. Nope. No slack cut, John. Your team <laughs> sucks. That's sorry. So, all right. What's next, John? What do you got for stock down? My next one is going to be uh, Kyle Allen through two interceptions that uh, the first one was a killer return to the three-yard line, three-yard touchdown run. The second one, as Lovey Smith, they had a chance to win, and he floated a deep one up that was intercepted. Of course, they didn't have a chance to win. but uh, And I felt bad for him. He hadn't played in exactly two years when he broke his ankle or leg or something mm -hmm. in November uh, with Washington, November of 2020. But, hey, he's big boys in the fifth year in the NFL. You can't have plays like that. No, you, you definitely can't. Those were two picks, and he got his money's worth on both of them. They were both horrific and, and his fault. Uh, no doubt about that. Um, so, well, we'll see. You know, maybe Kyle Allen. Hey, the one thing, John, Kyle Allen, 1-0 and at NRG Stadium against Deshaun Watson. Carolina. Yep. Yep. So um, so he's undefeated versus Deshaun Watson in that stadium. Um, all right. My last one is Lovey Smith. And it's not because they're one nine and one. I can deal with one nine and one. It is in part because of just they're not competitive at all. They they're a joke. Um, they they go through the first halves of these games and they look completely lost, especially offensively. But mostly it's Lovey's act. I, I'm just um. I'm tired of Lovey Smith, John. And I'm a, what are we? Twelve weeks in now. I'm tired of Lovey Smith. I'm tired of the the coy playing coy with the decision to to start Kyle Allen, which by the way was being reported as he's at the podium, as Lovey's at the podium on Wednesday. There's literally reporters tweeting out that Kyle Allen's going to start, um, and and which put Pep Hamilton in a horrible spot because Pep came up after the reports had surfaced about Kyle Allen starting. And, and, and Pep's asked about it. And have you made a change of quarterback? Well, no, you know, and um, if, if indeed they split the reps between these two, that's malpractice. Um, Lovey's act in these press conferences is condescending. 
Um, the whole traffic cop thing he was doing today, shutting down Brooks Cabina so that other people could get questions in and, oh, we'll come back to you, which I don't know that they ever did in the press conference, come back to Brooks. I mean, John, as a reporter, you've got to look at the way Lovey's been handling himself and just roll your eyes at this whole thing. He's been argumentative. He uh, lashes out. It's not a good look. Players mm -hmm. see that and they think, well, if he's losing his cool, why can't we lose our cool? You got to be able to grant and bear it. And I got no problem with him praising him on the second half, but he's too worried about the negativity of the questions when every question being asked are what the fans who pay Lovey's salary want asked. Right. And those are legitimate questions. And I'm I don't remember Lovey being that way in Chicago and Tampa. Maybe he was, never heard anything about it. And I'm guessing he's not going to change this because it's just going to get worse. It is, John. He's going to snap at some point because these last six games, the I mean, they they are they're not stepping down in weight class really. Of you know, over the aggregate, I know Cleveland's four and seven, but we know the deal there. You know, we know who they're getting back at quarterback. Da I don't these Dallas and Kansas City games are going to look they're going to look a lot like today, I would guess. Although those teams might keep their foot on the gas pedal, who knows? Um, and then the division games are what they are. They'll probably beat Jacksonville because um, that's what they do. But uh, yeah, just I. This uh, this whole Lovey act over the last month or so has been really surprising to me. You know, like you said, um, I, I I had not heard. I lived in Chicago when Lovey was the coach there. You know, I was there oh four to oh six or to oh seven, and um, and they you know they complained about him as a coach, but they didn't complain about him being condescending the way he is now. Like he really he's John, what he's doing now is really just a softer version of Bill O'Brien, the way he's acting right now. In some ways it's worse than, than Bill O'Brien, you know, like, a, cause I, I never got the sense that O'Brien was delusional. I get the sense that lovey is delusional sometimes. You okay, John? Sorry. I didn't mean to sneeze. I thought I did. You had a sneezing fit going right there. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, you'll have to tell Figgy to cut that, cut that out. <laughs> no. Mine, the, do I get wrong. another one? Are we done? No, I think that was done. I think I I just basically did a two-minute soliloquy about why Lovey Smith has turned into a horrible subject of press conferences. Um, so, yeah, that's – I I'm, I am curious real quick because you covered Bill O'Brien. Um, my contention was that, that Lovey Smith is basically just a soft, more soft-spoken version of Bill O'Brien right now in these press conferences. It may be worse because I never got the sense that O'Brien was delusional. I think Lovey feels delusional at times right now. I used to love to get into it with Bill. He never made it personal. He let you know how he felt, but then it was in one ear and out the other. Uh, I would also put Pat Hamilton in there. He's doing a terrible job. Sure. Yeah, No. No. no doubt about it.